Hi everyone, this is Yara Stark here from the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. And today on the line with me, I have a, a very special guest, which sort of I've been trying to get for a long time, but I guess I haven't been trying hard enough because uh, we both know each other. And it took uh, Nate Whitehill from UniqueBlogDesigns.com, who I believe has done both our blog designs now, to uh, connect us properly. And uh, my guest name is Jeremy Shoemaker, who you may know as Shoe Money from the ShoeMoney.com blog. So thank you for joining me, Jeremy. Hey, Yaro. Thanks for having me. So there's uh, quite a bit of history behind uh, what you do. And obviously, you're a well-known blogger. But that's really not, I think, what you do, really. I mean, that's part of what you do, but definitely not all of what you do. But before we get to today, can we go back to yesterday, a little bit further back than that, and um, just get us, get us to where you're up to? Like, did you go to university or school or, you know, what's your, what's your story? Um, I lived on campus at Western Illinois University and many other colleges over the course of about seven years, but never really went to college that much. Um, just had a really good time partying with my friends and, uh, you know, I, it was a, a real waste of my parents' money. And I, and I feel really bad in saying that and was really happy when I was able to repay them a couple of years ago for all the money I had wasted of theirs. But um, yeah, I, I really was never a college student. I was never, I was, I was barely a high school student. I mean, I barely graduated high school. And to be honest, I mean, my mom was a teacher there. And if it wasn't for her and her reputation, I don't even know if I would have graduated high school. So um, I just was never uh, into school. And I was always kind of doing my own thing. Nice that you had an insider there to get you through school. That's that's clever. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was kind of weird, you know. I mean, I remember going up and getting uh, like our our you know test scores from our finals and seeing like forty three percent D minus, and then a quote that says like your mom is a wonderful person. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, that's so. I mean, you know, I, I'm very very fortunate. Uh, okay, that so. I made it it's pretty clear that the education system has very little to do with your success online and in business. So, uh, you know, where did you get your skills? Like, how did you study up in this area? I've always just, just been a hands-on person. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I never did well in school is just, I never had the attention span for it, nor did I really care to listen to somebody talk, uh, for a long period of time about, uh, you know, I mean, like if they had, I want like a lot of meat and a lot of, I really like, I love debate and stuff like that. I mean, I need hands-on stuff. So I was always into electronics, like from a very, very young age and, you know, fire and all that cool stuff. And uh, my mom forbid me from um, ever using like household electricity. So the deal was as long as I stuck to uh, 12 volt uh, automotive, you know, kind of electricity that I could kind of have free reign and do what I wanted. Well, she didn't think that I could get a converter in uh, our basement and, and basically transform our entire basement into a 12 volt powered. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've always just been a hands-on person and that led me into computers where I learned how to program and um, which eventually we'll get later in the story, I'm sure, to marketing and just 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 kind of just learn as I've gone, just all hands-on. Um, I try to read as much as possible online, but take it all kind of with a grain of salt and, you know, just test everything and just, just get hands on, get down and dirty. 
All right, well, let's just put this into a chronological order. When did you get your first internet account? Um, it would have been about 95-ish. Um, I was working at Sears selling washers and dryers. And uh, this lady walked in and said, you know, I hear you're good with the Macintosh computers here. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know about good. I mean, I'm good with the games, you know, on them. And, and she said, well, you know, I, I'm going to start this internet company. And uh, we don't have anyone who knows anything about Macintosh computers. And we need someone to walk uh, customers through, you know, setting up their computers. So um, she said, I don't know what you make here, but I'll pay you a dollar more an hour. Start tomorrow. So I walked out of there and uh, the next day, I was thrown right into it. Never, you know, I never had a clue what the internet was. I mean, it was so new, and especially this was in pretty rural Illinois where I grew up. So um, I was landed right into it, and um, we didn't really each have our own computer because uh, it was a really, really, you know, low budget startup, and so everybody had what's called a terminal server, which was connected to a, a Unix-based server. And that one server was not only like powered all of us, but it also was like the dial-in server for everyone and all this stuff. And everyone there had to do, and I didn't even know it at the time, but I was developing all these like server administration skills uh, with Unix and Linux, which, which helped me a lot later in life. But that was basically my first exposure to the internet. And I also didn't know it at the time, but, you know, she was running... Uh, about a million emails a day through there, which is now known as high volume email deployment or, or spam. <laughs> so, I mean, it was it was kind of fascinating back then at the time. I mean, it wasn't like you thought it was a really bad thing. I mean, AOL would sell you their entire users. I think back then it was like eight million users for a couple hundred dollars. I'm kidding. And you could, yeah, and you could market to them. So, you know, it was just it was just so early in the game, and it was. It's nice. It's funny to look back and just see how I really had no clue about what I was doing, but you know, it's kind of like the karate kid, and then all of a sudden you get thrown on your own, and you realize, hey, I know how to do all this and this and this. So, um, then I left to go back to college. Um, after doing that job for about a year and a half, I left to go back to college. Uh, wasted about two years there. Worked for a small ISP there, just doing support and. Um, some some small programming stuff, which was very, very, very basic. Um, then moved back home and then worked for another internet provider. But this time I had a little bit more. I was doing web design, which I was never very good at, but it didn't really take much back then um, to be a expert web designer. So it was pretty much just throwing together a bunch of tables and a website. No real graphic ability, which I didn't have. So, and then, you know, I started making my own websites and, and just playing around with stuff and building a bunch of just silly sites and stuff more. And, and I kind of fell into one cause I was always a gaming person about 90, probably late, late nineties. Um, I built, I own a site called MacGamer.com. I own Mac quake. There was a game called quake. I was super into, which I'm sure a lot of people out there are familiar with. And there was a Mac version that came out which was kind of a hack and it was unsupported by anyone and I actually got the developers who ported it over to use my site macquake.com as the official support site so in all the documentation they actually used my site then I was approached by a company called Otherworld Computing still around 
and they wanted to advertise on the site and were going to pay me like $1,800 a month. And I just absolutely was blown away by that. What, uh, what, that what was, year are we at, Jeremy? What year? This is, this is back in the late 90s, like okay. probably 90, 97, 98. I'm sure it's on the Wayback Machine back there. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, the site, the site was all framed out. It was all crap. I didn't, you know, I, all we did was we just had a forum. And it was, a, it, it barely worked. You know, I mean, the site was, was uh, it was bombarded with traffic. You know, I had no clue, just flying blind. Just, I just, uh, you know, made something I was into and... You know, I knew other people wanted help with, uh, with the game and and needed files and whatnot and had questions. So I created that service, and and serviced them, which kind of leads into into other things. Um, very shortly after that, I uh, the dot com crash happened about you know two thousand or right around there, and uh, Otherworld Computing said we we got to break our contract with you. We're we're broke. Um, so they refused to pay anymore and I thought, man, that was good while it lasted. And, you know, I, I, I didn't make much money. I think maybe I'd made $10,000 or so and spent it, you know, as fast as possible. And, you know, I just, I just thought, wow, that was good while it lasted. And then, um, a couple years later, about 2000, I, well, I, I kind of needed to focus on jobs cause I was getting older, getting into my twenties mid twenties actually, and needed to really focus on a career. I, I never really made more than, you know, 25, 30,000 a year H- at had, that point. Had you met your wife by now? Is that why you're saying this or? No, not yet. <laughs> a couple years <laughs> okay. down the road. So then, um, I, I actually, I mean, it was, it was pretty bare for work, um, around that time where I was from. It was a really rundown area. Uh, it's, it's about 100 miles west of Chicago, an area called the Quad Cities, Moline, Illinois, and stuff like that. Some people out there, I'm always amazed at how many people had heard of it. But so I had to move for work, and I, I had moved up. At, I was working for a bank at the time in that area, and this was before I had to move. And I, was, I had moved into this security position, and it was right when there was all this regulation coming out. So they sent me away to get all this training on data classification and basically they it was a security position but it was kind of weird so i was like this regional guy for this chain of banks well i I never really did very good uh working for somebody else and because i was kind of lazy and whatnot and they ended up firing me after a while and and i had no you know i didn't have any way to pay my rent and blah 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 mid-20s not going anywhere with my life so a friend of mine in Des Moines, Iowa, said, "Why don't you come stay with me?" So I stayed on his couch, um, and I ended up landing this job. I'm like, totally, just couldn't believe it. I, I was I landed this job for the lead security administrator for Wells Fargo Bank, um, and so I because I had this banking experience and also this experience in security and was already trained in all this stuff, they brought me right in. It basically doubled what I was making before. Um, and so I had that job for a couple of years, and that is where I met my now wife. So um, along that way, one, one day I was talking to her, and, we, and, I, and I had this Nextel cell phone. And you know, I was telling her, like, how cool it would be if I could put a picture of her on my phone, and I wonder if there's any way to do that. So I started doing research online, and I found that 
you could do it, but it was really, really difficult. You had to basically have Photoshop and be a whiz. You had to deinterlace the photo, you know, non-transparent GIF, and there was a patent on GIF files then, so there wasn't a lot of programs that supported GIFs. Anyway, long story short, I figured out how to do it. Then I started like hanging around some mobile phone forums, explaining to other people how to do it. Then um, I just started getting bombarded with people who wanted me to format it for them because they didn't have Photoshop or couldn't figure it out. So I thought, you know, maybe I could create um, server-side a way that would automatically format pictures for people. So that's what I did. And I created a site that basically you could submit any image and it would spit you back the correct format for your phone and it blew up. I mean, it just completely blew up. And it was called Next Pimp, and it still is. It's still still really kicking butt. Um, and it was basically just a site where people could upload any, any format of image, and it would correctly format it for the phone. Then people would say, hey, I've got this phone. I need this format, and I would alter it for their phone as well. Then um, somebody came along. Now, this is probably 2003-ish. And they were like, you know, why don't you archive these? So, you know, because maybe I want a picture of the same person if people want to share what they upload or something like that. And there was no such thing as tags back then or, you know, right. sharing or YouTube. So <clears throat> what about copyright on those images? Well, that will come around a little bit later. <laughs> okay. But so we went ahead and, I, you know, I, I was just kind of learning as I went at the time. I mean, I was concerned about that. And, you know, had, you know, please do not upload copyright material, we respect, blah, blah, blah. And so, I mean, but there was no Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Well, I guess there was in the process at that time. But, you know, like you say, it was kind of just like people just kind of did what they wanted and waited to see what happened. So, I mean, I was just in this position. So, you know, people just uploaded content and I just, I let them categorize it and basically shared it. And I was processing about... 5,000 images a day um, after about six months of starting the site. Nice. And it was it was a pretty busy site. And then it started, a lot of people started linking to it. And it just, and it, all of a sudden it's like, I start getting all these traffic from search engines. And it's just, it's kind of fascinating to me, like how these search engines work. And, you know, and so, and how to optimize your site so you can, you know, game them better. And so I started playing around with, with search engine optimization a little bit and, and then one day at, at the office where I was working, um, a lady, and I'd actually lost my job at Wells Fargo and moved to Omaha, Nebraska now. This is probably about a year and a half later, and working for a company called Commercial Federal as their system administrator, um, security guy. And this lady is, is asking me what, how Google makes money because, you know, being the, the computer guy, you know how everything computer-related works. And so I... I knew I had, I had heard about, you know, um, an AdWords product or Google AdSense AdWords where, you know, I didn't understand the AdWords side of it, but I knew that if you place these ads on your website, Google would target them based on the content. And she said, well, why don't you do that on your cell phone site? And I said, well, because, you know, I don't think I'd make much money. It's all images and I don't, I don't know how they would target that or if they would even allow that. So um, I, I said, you know, I'm going to try it though. So I launched it first day. I made like 
think like four bucks or something like that. And I thought I was big timer. I, I remember I told my wife, I was like, this is awesome. This is like the coolest thing ever. I can just throw up these ads and I'm getting paid. So that really lit a fire under me. And, you know, it was just like just playing with it and playing with it more. Um, then, of course, ringtones came out. And I had already had I already had this traffic, like huge, huge amounts of traffic. Well, not huge amounts, maybe, you know, 10, 15,000 unique visitors a day. I was I mean, it got up to about forty dollars a day or so. I think about 40. I think thirty dollars a day was a pretty high point, I think, right before ringtones came out. And that was and then people were like, you know, if you could just format ringtones for phones like you do these wallpapers, that would be cool. So, I mean. Man, I, I got to tell you, it took me so many, so long to figure out, um, you know, because it's server side. Now I've got to figure out how to code to, I mean, now there's all these tools that are just ready to rock, you know, if you want to build this kind of thing. But man, back then it was very hard and it took me a long time to figure it out. But I did. And so now I let people upload ringtones and do all this crazy stuff. And within not too long after that, you know, you see what you see with the picture of me in the AdSense check, which was a hundred and some thousand in one month, which was, that's probably a year after, well, it's probably two and a half years after I started the site and about a year and a half after really getting down with the ringtone stuff so and learning that. I mean, that was, go ahead. Did the, the addition of ringtones like make the traffic increase? Was that why it went from $30 a day up to the, you know, the, the big AdSense check or was there some other Absolutely. reason? Yeah, absolutely. Because now we were getting because I had learned about SEO and knew how to rank for things. So now instead of like dog wallpapers, I was ranking for all these ringtones. You know, like you know whatever people were uploading. Right, long and so yeah, I mean just huge amounts of traffic. Let alone I was number two for the word ringtones back then. Right. So when when ringtones really came on, I mean at the very beginning I was there and I had the traffic. And it was, you know, about 150,000 unique visitors a day at its peak. Nice. Very nice. So, so go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just wanting to clarify for people, like, uh, you know, obviously with the ringtone, I'm assuming they found a piece of music they liked from somewhere and they had it in, what, MP3 format or something, and they went to your website, uploaded it, it converted it into a ringtone they could then download to their phone. Was that how the process worked? Yeah, um, we we could send to some phones directly, okay. and others we actually they could actually download the audio file. Now you know, I mean, like you brought up copyrights before, and it's pretty important I think that we address that because obviously when you allow users to upload stuff, um, it creates a huge liability for you. And so we had, uh, you know, we basically just went to a really big law firm who handled a lot of copyright stuff and just asked them how to do it. And, you know, we, we make users agree that they, you know, created the, you know, the, what they're uploading. Um, we also make it very, very easy for people to report copyrighted content to us. And we comply, uh, very quickly when somebody makes a complaint that something has been okay. uploaded. So, so it's kind of like, the, I mean, it's the YouTube model sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a digital millennium copyright act, um, in there for the whole DMCA thing is there for a reason. And, you know, it's great for all parties involved. I mean, you know, the artists can protect their stuff. You know, you just have to have a clear and concise record of compliance. 
And you keep saying we. Uh, when did you go from you and your wife to is it more people or is it still just or was it still just you two? It's funny you say that because I've always said we, even when it was me, just because I <laughs> thought it sounded. It just always sounded and in my signature back in the day. In my signature, in my email, it said, you know, like Midwest Regional Manager for Shoe Money Media Group. I mean, it was just me, you know, but it sounded cooler when yeah. you're with an entourage. So I, I wrote an article about the it's not we, it's me many years ago. But yes, I, it's a very common thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I, so, yeah, it was just me, you know, and um, right about the time I made the big AdSense check, um, a couple things happened to me. One was I realized I couldn't do it by myself anymore because th when I made that check, I also went to my very first conference and uh, to learn about to learn more about search engine stuff. And and then by that time, I was pretty well. I had a pretty good following in forums and whatnot, but I didn't really have a blog yet. Actually, I did have a blog, but it was only about two months old. This was in two thousand four, and so. Um, I'd actually have to verify that date. I'm kind of just guessing here. I don't <laughs> okay. I should actually, you know, sometime I need to write a correct bio because a lot of times when I give interviews and stuff, I just throw out dates as I they come to my brain or whatever. But all right, so so basically in that time, I'm sitting at this conference and this kid comes along on the internet and he emails me and I'd known this kid since he was like 12 years old. And I always thought he was a little bit cocky, but he was like, hey, you know, I know you're having trouble with your keep. I mean, I... I was getting, you know, 150,000 and upwards a day. And on track, I mean, there was a lot of times my site, the server would actually reboot at least one time a day. Hmm. And I, th I mean, I thought I was a pretty good Unix engineer. I'm, I'm much better now, but uh, I really didn't know that much then. But this kid, you know, was, I think he was about 20 years old at the time, was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good and I'll, I'll prove myself for like 10 bucks an hour. You know, just give me a shot. So I was like, "Have at it." Now, this was when I was bringing in about three to four thousand, five thousand a day on Google AdSense, right? <laughs> yep, you tight ass. But huh? <laughs> you know, I I was a tight ass, and it was really because I was I had been fired, you know, from every job I'd ever had in my life. It was torturous for me to ever work for anyone. I hated it, and I was scared to death that this is it for me, and. Just because I, you know, I mean, like, what's this ringtone? Like, what's the long-term play on a ringtone site? You know, I just kept thinking, like, tomorrow, this is all going to come crashing down, just like what happened before. Paranoia, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, I was like, I, I was a tight ass. And, I mean, it seems crazy, but at the time, I mean, I was going nuts because my wife was in medical school, had, you know, like half a million dollars in debt, and I was paying that off as fast as possible because I really thought – that's it for me. You know, this is my big thing. So let me do this for her. And, you know, maybe then she'll support me for the rest of my life, you know, because she's going <laughs> on to this, this great, great career. And, you know, I was, I was never supposed to do anything. So, all right. So then I, I continue with next pimp and I, and I open up, I, I really kind of realized after I made that AdSense check, that's kind of famous. Uh, I found affiliate marketing and you found really it? that. Yeah, I did because you know, people people asked me. They were like, you know, you're, you're making this kind of money, but what? How are they making it? And you know, and why are these people advertising on your site? Because if obviously if they're paying for it, you know, then then it must be worth it. So why don't you find out what they're doing? Well, so the people that were advertising through Google AdSense on Next Pimp were advertising a couple different things. 
they were either advertising commercial ringtone offers, which was affiliate marketing, or they were selling physical goods like cell phone accessories, you know, data cables. So um, now I had I had David working for me as programming and keeping the servers going and we had expanded operations a little bit, but I was still only paying him like 10 bucks an hour and he was, he was only putting in like 20 hours a week. And, um, but I was like, you know, I'm going to try to take this to the next level. And I have all this traffic. I was number two for like cell phone cables. And I mean, just like I had all these incredible SEO rankings and I, I really, so I started and, and, and I was redirecting people to eBay and collecting like, you know, like 10 cents when they buy a data cable on eBay. So I, I basically did some inquiries and got hooked up with a guy in Hong Kong who sold me data cables, USB data cables for Nextel phones and all these phones for like, I mean, literally like 20 cents a piece. And I sold them all day for, for 20 bucks with $5 shipping. And that's quite a margin. And we would sell, we would sell, you know, 10 to 20 a day, you know, so I mean, it was a good little profitable thing. And that's just data cables. We sold all kinds of phone accessories. And so, but then also, I also did the affiliate marketing stuff myself. And instead of, you know, getting a couple cents per click, I started getting great ROI per click, like a couple bucks. And, you know, because you can, those affiliate offers were converting to like $16 a lead on, on the mobile stuff. And and then also, you know, I kind of played around with just every form of monetization because up until then I had only made money with Google AdSense. So I played around with donations, you know, which I basically was just like, hey, want to give me some money? <laughs> um, then I also played around with um, subscriptions, which blew my mind because I was basically, we have free ringtones. So and my lawyer was strongly an advocate of not charging for ringtones because then we're profiting from, you know, if there was a copyright issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, so what we did is we sold subscriptions to the forum. So if you wanted a cool avatar or you wanted like unlimited messages or, you know, the standard stuff you see on forums that are kind of premium stuff, then you could pay 20 bucks um, every, well, I think I originally did the, it was $25 a year for a membership. And we, we had a lot of a, a lot of people sign up. And and basically all it said when you signed up was, you know, you are this is a donation based um, membership and you understand you're getting nothing for it other than you can have a cool avatar, this is and I was amazed at how many people signed up. Because we had like special forums where people would for support and all kinds of stuff like that. And then I started reading about instead of, you know, like playing with price points for subscriptions and stuff like that. And I came across something that said, you know, to try a shorter time period and a cheaper amount. So what we did is instead of $25 a year, we went with $19.95, but every six months. So actually, we made quite a bit more, but it was a lower price point. And then it really exploded. And in the height of it, we had about 70, 75,000 paying users. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Phen- I mean, like, yeah. So... And we're still doing, you know, phenomenal monthly uh, revenue. And I'm just like blown I, away. Can I ask, Go ahead. Have, you, have you bought the sports car in the mansion by now? Or are you still being a tight ass with, with at that point? No, I have, a, I have a wife now. So my, <laughs> you know, I... Is going to shoes bought, and handbags or something? <laughs> you know, well, I, we bought the house 
um, we bought a nice house and you know, I'm still thinking like my days are numbered. You know, I'm still, I'm still not convinced that this is here's life. But along this process, I had started my blog and I started to write about, and I had really free reign to go crazy because I did not give a crap what anyone thought. I had a cash cow over here and I'm talking from experience, you know, and like there's all these guys out there talking about AdSense and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, this guy's, he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I got this site. I know what I'm talking about, you know, and then just, it just kind of, you see the light with a lot of it where these people talk, but they don't have any experience whatsoever. They just, you know, it's one of those people who make money because they tell people how to make money kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Not that I have a problem with any of those, but, you know, it's it's tough to take advice from somebody on how to sell things when they don't sell anything, you know? Mm. So, you know, it's it's just really interesting. So, I mean, I was really cocky back then. I was really, uh, I believe the word was um, unstable and I think there's volatile. Volatile was the word that... <laughs> Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft actually applied that to me because they they didn't really invite me to because like I was like Yahoo's publisher of the month, I was Google's thing of the month, and I'm speaking at all these conferences and I got this big fat check, you know. But I was like this cocky guy. I mean, I really thought my days were numbered. I could go back to my life, and the crazy thing is like the blog just started growing extremely rapidly because I would, I mean, you know, I could be completely transparent. And show everyone exactly what I was doing. And I was still good to go because I was I had I was ranked like number one, number two for ringtones. You know, like who's gonna compete with that? I mean, I could actually show people exactly what I was doing to make money, exactly how I was marketing. Um, you know, we raised when Hurricane Katrina happened on Next Pimp, we had this huge fundraiser that got us so many new users, and I think we spent like I don't remember how many thousand we gave for charity, but you know, it was like so worth the money. And I wrote about all these things. And then I said, one month I was like, I'm going to get into this pay-per-click stuff. I'm going to actually be an advertiser and see what happens. And I've never done it before. So I took 40, allocated $40,000. And I said, this month I'm going to spend 10000 on Yahoo Search Marketing, on Microsoft Ad Center, you know, on, on AdBright, on Google AdWords. <clears throat> so I wrote this entire um, two-part guide of my adventures in, in this month, you know, and I started off losing money, kind of understood how things worked and then started making money and, and then really got it dialed in, amazingly got it dialed in. Now, I totally, totally saturated the ringtone affiliate marketing industry with that, but um, which, which probably cost me a lot of money, but uh, for that short, for that short amount of time, but looking back on it, I mean, it really boosted my blog, became like a, a really high authority for people looking to make money online. So let, let me just clarify, stop you there, Jeremy. It's nextpimp.com for people listening if they want to check it out. I'm looking at it right now. Are you still owner of that site or is is that gone to someone else? Yeah. And you know, it's really gone downhill massively. Okay. And and I think it was it's a valuable lesson out there because it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And I've talked about this on my blog before. I lost passion. I mean like I was into making ringtones. I mean, I was into it. I was doing it myself. I was having so much fun doing it. And when you have that, when you believe in what you're doing, and when you have that passion, it's almost like angelic because nobody can mess with you. You win, hands down. You win because you're you're thinking about it all the time. You're doing it all the time. Well, I lost that for the ringtone market. I was more into making money than anything else at that time. And so I was I was 
killing the site. I mean, it was growing so fast because of my organic stuff. But I mean, like now, I, I really don't care about the site at all. I mean, it still makes a decent amount of money, but I, I, I'm so past it. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy because it still does very well. And I have no doubt I missed out on a huge opportunity with that site. It could have been so much more. But I simply lost interest in it. I should have appointed someone in charge of that site to take it over and to really take it to the next level. And I didn't. And that was a really, really good learning experience for me and one that I will not repeat. So you could almost say that, you know, you were so paranoid about it being taken away from you that eventually you let it go rather than have it take it away. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, as we talk about other things that um, I've done, I mean, you'll kind of see a pattern with me where... I'm super, super into something, and I mean, I am like so obsessive compulsive. I mean, it's all I can think about. It's all I can do, and I mean, ringtones were that for me. Like when I had to figure out how to format images for people's phone, it's all I talked about. My wife was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" You know, and I'd be like, "Oh, I just I gotta go downstairs and and work on this. I gotta figure it out." And then when it was the ringtone stuff, it was like so I was so into it. I had to figure it out because nobody else was doing it. And then, you know, and then I just, there wasn't nothing else, you know, then it was all about the challenge really was how to make more money. And it really kind of, I really was more intrigued by that and less about the actual product and the actual website. So, but it, but it was still a great service. And I mean, people still use it all the time. You know, it's just, I I mean, like the ability to upload ringtones, I don't even think has worked for like a year. Now this site still, still does earn money, but you know, I mean, I think it really could have been really, really, really huge. Like I could have retired and never, never, ever had to do anything again and bought a baseball team or something. You know, I mean, (laughs) I really think that it could have done extremely well if I would have stayed uh, passionate about the site. But you know what? You can't control your passion. You know, I mean, like I so so here's what happened with that. So I lost my passion for Next Pimp. Um, I got Dave with me now. He's you know he's making. He's now a salaried employee. I've got my mother-in-law now doing my accounting. She's now a full-time employee. Um, so, you know, we're I've got some expenses. Company revenue is doing good. We're killing it with affiliate marketing. But, you know, it's like we don't have anything stable. So, and I'm and I really I hate ringtones so much. I mean, I because it's all I've done for the last four or five years. And so this is in 2007, 2006. So I'm like, I have to look back. So 2000, so in 2007, 2006 was a was an awesome year for us. Just an incredible year. I mean, we completely destroyed it in the ringtone industry, and made a, a ton of money. And then the ringtone industry started having a ton of red leg, reg, sorry, regulation. <laughs> I got it out. And and they started attacking, you know, all these all these sites that had free ringtones. Well, they actually didn't have free ringtones. They just said they did, but they never did. And then they, you got conned into paying this huge thing. Well, we showed up on the radar, of course. And so we were having to deal with all these compliance issues. And, you know, it looked like making money off of ringtones was over. I mean, the only reason that there was a lot of money in that was because there was all these affiliate programs. And when they went after all these affiliate programs, then the AdSense revenue dried up. All this revenue dried up. I mean, I still had my subscriptions. But... You know, they're canceling because nobody's in there helping people. I mean, like, it's it, it just really, I, I let it go downhill. So I said to Dave, you know, like, we've got to come up with something 
let's 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 try to come up with something new. And and the blog, I was not, you know, I had a pretty good following on the blog, but I I had never implemented any sort of advertising whatsoever on the site. What year are so, we? So this is late 2006. Okay. So I'm in Las Vegas for I believe it was no I w- yes for a fi- no it was Webmaster World and um. I'm there with the guy who owns Digital Point, Sean Hogan, um, and he in- introduces me to some reps from eBay. And they say to me, they're like, hey, you, you created a, a thing you were playing around with called Shoe Money Ads. And I said, yeah, you know, it was, it was basically the thought behind Shoe Money Ads was, um, you know, you, you put ads on your site that are AdSense, and they have this great look and feel to them, but what if you could write your own ad copy and contr- and do it to your own offers and just kind of cut out Google. So you know your site converts well for ringtones. You know why don't you just make your own ad copy for ringtones, make it look like they're AdSense, and you know you cut out Google. So we basically created this whole ad system around that, but we were taking none of the profit, and and you know it was kind of consuming resources, and we kind of killed it after a while. Mm-hmm. And just so to verify that you were having people promote affiliate offers. That was how they used they that could, service, right? Yeah, the actual so they could promote anything they wanted to because it was their site and that was my whole I, I, I was starting to kinda have a beef with AdWords or I mean with Google AdSense at that time. <laughs> and and I was because I'm now like the poster child for Google AdSense. And so even in when I was speaking in public, I would give all these reasons why you shouldn't use Google AdSense because from my experience and you know how there was so much more money in building, you know, a subscription model or you know, hard, you know, direct advertising and all this stuff. I mean, we had done deals with Sprint and Nextel and all these companies. So, and I, and I was, I was really kind of preaching about how AdSense was kind of, kind of the devil a little bit. I mean, it was, it's so easy to do, but um, it's really taking a lot of revenue out of your pocket. So if, if you want to pursue that. Um, so, so now we're, we're at like this event with these folks from eBay and they say, you know, well, a lot of people were making really good money through eBay using your shoe money ad system. And we were talking internally and we think you should develop um, an ad system based around the eBay affiliate program. And we would be we would really, really be open to helping you with that. Now I so I, I, I was like, oh that sounds great, you know, and I mean having people from eBay say that they think you should build an ad network and they're gonna help you is I mean that's pretty awesome. So so we looked into it and there was only there was a couple big problems, which is one, um, I had never ever paid out to a bunch of people, um, you know, like if we were going to be anywhere successful, and so basically the concept behind it was is eBay has this great affiliate program and it's really a great program, and and it's it's so great because it's so diversified. There's e- there's eBay in you know 14 different countries, so between the vast inventory on eBay. And, you know, the, all the countries it's in, it's hard to, I mean, like there is, it, it's basically the ultimate kind of display advertising because you could throw it on pretty much any site anywhere in the world and you can make money off of it. So we basically, and then you match that up with, you know, the, the affiliate system is basically based on volume. So the more you make, the more you get paid. And so as a, as a whole network, the thought behind, we came up with a company called Auction Ads after eBay, you know, kind of gave us the pep talk, 
which basically it was um, the thought behind it was let's pay out a hundred percent and just focus on growth and see what happens. And you know, because either we'll become so valuable to eBay that they'll give us a higher percentage than it's even listed, or you know, what the hell, maybe somebody will buy us. So, or we'll just get so big that eventually we can take a percentage. So you know, we had a lot of capital was not a problem. I mean, we were you know we had you know, next pimp subscriptions of millions a year coming in. We had you know great monthly revenue coming in, but it's going down. So we wanted to build this new thing. So we launched it in March of 2007. Also, in January of 2007, I decided to take advertising for my blog because things were going downhill. I wanted to see what I could get. So I just I just said you know to the companies who had inquired before. What would you give me? And I started throwing some ads up there. Just direct ad placement. So, and that was the first time I had ever done any sort of advertising on the blog. And how much did you get straight off the bat from that? I think the, on the high end, it was like two grand a month. And on the low end, a couple hundred for text links and stuff like that before text links were evil. Um, no. I didn't sell text. I don't think I sold text links ever, actually, now I think about it. I think... I just sold like 125 banner ads and stuff like that. But what did you get total wise? Like, oh, total yeah. maybe, maybe, because we had one huge placement. So I want to say like three or four thousand a month max. Okay. Like when what, we first started. What were your unique visitor, so, visitors? Just I know, we'll, we'll talk about blogging in a moment. But what was your sure. <laughs> unique visitor count at that? I want to say about about seven or eight thousand a day, something like that. Okay. So, you know then. We, um, you know, I didn't do nothing with RSS or, you know, I was like, that stuff's for the birds. You know, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I'm into building businesses. So then, you know, before, so we're, we're making auction ads. We launch on March 7th and it was really the best thing and worst thing that I've ever done in my life. And like I said, you know, we had, so there were some things we had to figure out. And one is that we had never paid out to a ton of people before. I had no, no clue how to do that. And the second thing is customer service, like now we've got all these people that who you need to account for and you're playing with their money. So we had to figure that out and we partnered with my friend Patrick Gavin who owns a company called TextLink Ads. And he had just sold TextLink Ads to a company called MediaWiz. So he basically pitched it to them and got them to back it and we're in business and we're partners. And um, so... And they, they were actually a pretty minority partner, but but a, a decent decent partner. So they were gonna their role was basically to handle all our finances, pay out affiliates every month, and you know to handle all the customer service, and we would handle all the tech stuff. So we go from March seventh, we launch, um, and I don't know how in depth you want me to go, but it was the longest four months of my life until <laughs> why we fast forward to well between March seventh of two thousand seven. And July 27th, we sold the company. And we were doing millions a month in revenue. And we had 25,000 users. We had 20-some servers. Um, and this had become my life 24-7. Who, who's working with you like to help control all this? Just same amount of people. Me and David. That was it. <laughs> and actually, and, and I got to be honest, like David did everything. So we went from like oh, renting servers. getting paid better by then. <laughs> Yeah. So here's the cool, here's the cool thing. Like by then, you know, I, I, he was like, Hey, you know, I was, I think we had a worked out a salary deal plus rev share. And so he was coming more and more into it and he'd been with me, you know, three or four years by then. 
and very loyal guy, a very awesome kid. And, you know, but he was still, I think he was actually 21 when we sold auction ads. That's incredible. Maybe, maybe 22. <laughs> so, you know, when we sold it, I told him, we, and we never had anything on paper, but I, I told him, because he was like, what am I going to get, like, my small percentage of the profits, you know, if this sells? And, you know, because, I mean, this kid is, like, doing this 24-7. He lives in Minnesota. I live in Nebraska. So, but we got a data center in Minnesota where all the servers are. He has to basically live at this data center because managing all these servers for one person is. So I said to him, you know, whatever this sells for, if it does sell, or whatever we do, I'll give you half the money. And he was like, Good well, thing. okay. <laughs> so, and along the way, you know, I sent him some bonuses because he, he didn't see the end goal there for a little bit. He had a little pro because he was like, you know, hey, you know, we spent like 200 grand on this thing and it's made zero, zero amount of dollars and we're making less money every month off of ringtones. And I'm like, listen, it's fine. We're growing at a phenomenal pace. I'm like, and he's like, and I'm working my ass off and we can barely keep these servers up. And I'm just, I'm just there going, yeah, and that's an awesome problem to have because we're growing <laughs> so fast. So I was like, what do you want? What do you want? And he's like, well, I really want this Ducati motorcycle. And I'm like, okay. So I bought it for him, you know, or whatever. Along the way, I had to get him some stuff to keep him sane. So <laughs> yes. we sell the company to MediaWiz on July 27th. And it's like, wow, you know, awesome. It was it was so awesome to be done with that. We learned our lesson. We now had a bunch of capital to play with. I built a big addition on my house, put the rest in the bank, which sucks because a lot of <laughs> lost a lot of it recently with the stock market. But um, you know, but it was really really cool. You know, to I had, I had sold my first company and um, had a pretty good exit. So, so now I'm on like venture capital people's lists and, you know, and all this stuff and I'm getting into all these circles and go to the TechCrunch conference and people, you know, all these companies who are now trying to launch their ad network, we were like the blueprint of, of like, you know, we launched an ad network and went from zero to millions a month in four months with 25,000 active users. So, I mean, all these guys wanted to talk to us. What exactly did we do? And I told them all, like, read my blog. I was so transparent about everything we did. I mean, like, just amazingly transparent to where, I mean, almost stupidly transparent because everything that we did is so copied, like, exactly my blueprint. So, And, and is it fair to say that your blog was significantly responsible for such a rapid growth of auction ads? No, um, I would say, okay, like, from the start, yes, but it was a good launching point. Mm -hmm. It was also, but it was also featured, you know, we also were, were advertising and, okay, so yes, I used my, okay, so when I, next pimp, I used to kind of leverage the blog. And I think it's important to have this whole kind of chronological thing. I used next pimp. I made a lot of money. I started writing a blog and then I leveraged that into an audience on the blog by like, hey, look, I've, I got this company. I'm making tons of cash. I know what the hell I'm talking about. So listen to what I'm saying. And then the blog, basically because that was doing so well, I could launch an advertising company and have a big advantage over others because I already had people coming to me, looking to me on how to make money. So, I mean, in, with auction ads, we made a lot of people a lot of money. So... Yes, the, having the blog absolutely gave me a huge advantage. Now, you also have to remember, though, that with auction ads, there was eight other companies doing exactly what we were doing with eBay. 
including eBay, hmm. who had like millions of dollars invested in their product and five years in development. So it was kind of aggressive for us to come out like we did swinging and grow as fast as we did. Now, I mean, I'd like to credit my marketing for that, but, you know, who knows? I mean, I I think I did some pretty amazing things marketing-wise that I wrote about on the blog. Um but it was it was pretty slick. What, what do you Some think? What do you think is the, the the just one thing that made the difference? Like why why can you do better than okay. eBay with the two man team? Well, you know we we had experience. I mean, like we the, the, these these big ass companies they have too many people and nobody can ever do anything. Like in order for eBay to actually do something that counts, they have to get it approved by somebody. It's got to go up the flagpole. It's got to be reviewed. They got to go on their dev development servers. They've got to do this. They got to do this. And then finally, you know, like maybe they get the okay to try it. Then they got to have a meeting about it, you know, where we can just add a line of code. It's done. It's implemented. So I think that a lot of these other companies that were trying it were just way too slow. And we just not only did we like look at what they're doing and say like, okay, we, there's 10 different things we do right here. But we had the agility to, you know, move very, very fast because we were you know, a two-man team, you know, do we have a little downtime because we screwed up sometimes? Yes. But we were able to implement massive changes really fast. I think the key to our growth really was really just looking at our statistics. You know, we were advertising and spending a fortune on advertising on TechCrunch and, you know, Mashable and all these websites. And when we started looking at the numbers, like 80 or 90% of our clients came from seeing the ad. So, you know, I'll just kind of go over some of the techniques I use just real quick. But I mean, so it was like, wow, you know, why are we advertising all this stuff? We just, the, what we need to do is get more people to use the ad. So to use the actual product, because at the bottom it said ads by auction ads. And the one thing that we found was really, really awesome um, was that once you penetrated a market, like there was a, the mixed martial arts community. Once you get one site to use it, all their competitors try it because they're like, hey, What's this guy doing over here? So all we had to do was basically get market penetration. And so instead of paying TechCrunch to um, run a banner that was animated and was like, hey, make money with it, you know, with eBay, with auction ads, we had him actually use the product. And the cool thing was is he was making money with it and we told him he could just keep it all. You know, it's fine. But we were getting a ton more signups from him actually using the product than mm. we were from an actual banner. So... Then it was all about how can we get more real estate on the internet because that was how we were getting more people. And then it occurred to me like, why don't we just give everyone five bucks? Like, what would be wrong with that? Like, now <clears throat> with um, so an interesting thing is that it was cool when I, now along the way I decided that we were also good. We had to do a lot of crazy things, right? And which were it's kind of my best feature and my worst feature. Because I'm, I'm willing to like try really crazy things, which I said, you know what, let's have net zero payouts, which means if it's the first of the month, you get paid for last month's earnings. No, no wait time. Now, we didn't get paid until like 40 days later. So if there was any problem on the network, it came out of my pocket. And keep in mind, too, I'm also taking no percentage of this. So... It was cool when it was like 100,000 for the first month, you know, a couple hundred thousand. But when it got over a million, close to two million, two and a half million, <laughs> I was like, holy crap, where am I going to come up with two? Because I mean, like, 
I don't want to cash in like all my stock and all this stuff every month. You know, it's like, that's crazy. So we had to get a credit line, you know, of, wow. of multiple million dollars, which we paid incredible amount of, you know, I mean, just like, so it's those, and then you, these, all these things you don't have to think about like currency exchange. I mean, when you got 2 million bucks and you're paying out in all these countries, currency changes from the time you made it. So we had to do this currency hedging and oh my gosh, it's like all kinds of problems. I mean, it was like, it's great problems to have, but craziness yeah, you just you never sh- think stuff like that yeah, i can see why you, you know, david was a bit worried about the end game there because if you didn't see the end yeah. game there's a lot of a lot of holes so yeah 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 so i'm always the top line guy like i just focus on making so much money that it doesn't matter and he's more the bottom line guy which is like show me how this is going to work again you know so i'm the dreamer i have the vision whatever so we we really balance each other extremely well because i'll come up with this great idea and he'll come up with a hundred reasons why it will fail and then somewhere along the line, we'll agree to do something. So, all right, so we do auction ads. You know, that goes well. Um, oh, well then, so so basically I come up with this idea of paying everyone five bucks. And so the people that we were getting the credit line from, they were like, that doesn't really make sense. Because if you get 20,000 people and you got to pay them all five bucks, you know, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, no, no, trust me, because our minimum payout is $10. So if we give them five bucks to start, they got to make $5 by the time they made, because I was like, Listen, people are so adverse to change that if people start running the product, they're going to run it forever. Like, you know, how many sites do you put something on it? Even if you, you know, no matter what happens, you just, you're so adverse just to change. So you just need that incentive to do it. And then once you do it, you're less likely to change it unless somebody else gives you a better incentive. So we just gave people five bucks to sign up. It was in their account when they made 10 bucks, they got paid. So they actually had to make five bucks, did the math on it. And it was like, you know, if we were to take X amount, of, and this was like basically the last month, I was like, if we were to take X amount of percentage, this is going to work. So, and that's when we got bought out is shortly after that. But, you know, it was just little things like that. And that's, you know, something that we always do is look at our numbers. The numbers will always tell you what you need to do. It's always funny to me when people come up to me and are like, what should I do with my sign? I'm like, well, what do your logs say? Like, what are people doing? Like, where are your users coming from that give you value? What's your goal? You know, like, just people just don't know like even what like bloggers are like how do i make how do i make more money or how do i do this and i'm like okay well what's your absolute goal for the site and they don't know they don't know the they don't know the answer and i'm like okay well it's hard to track value if you don't know what your goal is so you know that really amazes me cuz you have all the data you need you don't need to talk to a guru or whoever to interpret what you have but you have everything you need so after auction ads and all that stuff, the one thing I knew for sure is I never ever wanted to run an advertising network ever again. <laughs> it was just, it was just insane. I mean, the, we were doing like thousands of hits a second, you know. Um, I mean, it was just nuts. Um, so, but it was cool because you know, like I said, now it opened us up to a whole new audience, you know, because you know, I mean, we if that wouldn't have worked out, it would have sucked, but it worked out, so it was awesome. And then, um, you know. So then in 2007, um, I had capital and I was itching to start a new, itching to start a new company. And, and really, if you see something, a pattern involving, whether it's my blog or Next Pimp or auction ads or um, this next, the next things I'm going to get into, they're always service-oriented sites. And they're kind of like, we look at the market, we, we see a service that's needed, and we cater to that service. And that's really all we've ever done. You know, I, I saw that the, with the ringtone industry, with well, with back with wallpapers, you know, I mean, I kind of discovered it by accident. You know, I, 
and then, you know, just kind of discovered all this other stuff and just there's so many needed services out there. But if you're not passionate about it, you're going to lose. So, you know, each one of these things, we were super passionate about it. We were so confident in our product. Like I said, it's like an angelic thing. It's like you, you have no competition when you're like that. And, and I mean, I am a hustler when, <laughs> I mean, I, I am a go getter. And so, you know, it's, it's really like you're, you're immortal when you, when you just, you know, you have a great product, you believe in it, you've put so much blood, sweat and tears in it. And you just, and even if you don't have the best product, you're willing to put in the time to make it the best. So every time that's what we do. So now we're, we're getting to the end of 2007 and i purchase I'm really into mixed martial arts huge 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 and you know I've, I've always been a fan of it and I decide it's time to jump in um, I buy a domain called fighters.com I you know I hire 13 writers across the world to staff it and I just start burning money and uh, didn't take too long really to realize like this was a bad mistake but I thought you know I was like man the 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 recipe for success is here because it's like something we're super passionate about. We love it. But the thing we were missing was that it was so far away. Oh, and also I started a conference called the elite retreat like three years before that. Sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was another thing where it was like a really needed service. And basically, ah, man, I got talking too fast. So somewhere in, I think 2006, <laughs> we started a comp. We were like, I was talking with a kid named Lee Dodd. And I and we were talking about how what the value of a conference is is really like nothing to do with like listening to people speak, but it's like when you see somebody at a bar or something and you know you you get some like one on one time with them, they'll tell you things that they wouldn't tell you on stage. And you know, they'll really help you and really think about what you're saying. And so I was like, how do we capture that and cater to that community? Because that's a badly needed service. So we started the elite retreat. Um, 2006 and then had it for the next four years long story short it's evolved into me running the whole thing because other people didn't want to have because we lost money the first two years basically and so I was I just can never give up on anything um, unless it's fighters which I'll get into in a second but basically we uh, we just we, we created that and so you know I'm happy that the elite retreat now this year in 2009 when we had our event uh, it sold out in 10 days. I mean, and it was it was in San Francisco. It's a two-day event. We took everyone to Facebook, and now it's really grown into an amazing thing, and I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. So now back to fighters.com. In 2007, or uh, end of 2007, we buy the domain. We hire all these writers. We have awesome content, incredible database of every fight that's ever happened anywhere in the world, and I'm struggling because – this is so far away from everything I've ever done. I mean, if the Elite Retreat does good, our blog does well, everything else that we're doing in that space does well. So I pretty much I, I pretty much decided at that point that fighters.com was not gonna be for me. And so what last was the model you were trying to run with for fighters.com, like a, a media site, news site, and make money from advertising, or where were you going? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I wanted to have like a fantasy league, you know, based around ultimate fighting where you could choose your fighters and, you know, do all this stuff, make like a fighter bot that would predict fights between what if this person fought this person, um, you know, just build a whole social community around it, social network, you know, where people can make their own profiles and say what their style is and their, you know, people can put up their amateur records and, you know, just really blow it out. But 
you know, writers are expensive. <laughs> and and especially when you're not making any money. And that just builds up and builds up and builds up. And I had investors on this project, which was my first time too. And so they had gotten killed. Our investor had pretty much gotten killed in the stock market. And we're basically like, hey, we're not in for any more money. And I was like, well, we're just we're just getting started. So I had to make a tough decision at that time, which was do I buy them out and go at it myself, which I tried to do. And thankfully, they talked me out of it. And instead, we um, we ended up selling the site to a third party, which they haven't really done much with the site since. And I pretty much just broke even on that deal, which it was a. I I look at it like. I mean, like I'm, I'm always a half full guy. So I think that it was a big success in that I learned like so much while doing it and didn't lose a lot or lose hardly anything other than my time, which I think again was just, that's just, I rack that up to education. But, you know, I mean, so what I did do is, but then I'm back in this situation in the early part of, of 2009 where it's like, Hey, you know, like, what do you want to do? Like what? We don't have anything really going, you know. We still have this, we still have this next month revenue. We're sitting on a pile of cash from selling auction ads, but like, I don't want, you know, like, I mean, I'm not done yet, you know. I mean, I want to do other things. So, David said to me, you know, we have this, this tools that we use internally, and we should actually make a service, you know, where we actually let people, because people have always asked. I've talked about tools that we've built in house for the last six years. And, you know, what they do and how they work. And people are always wanting access to them. And, and they're not made for people. They're made for us. So, you know, we never could do that. Well, I, I said, Dave, I was like, you know, let's try that. You know, let's try it. So we call it Shoe Money Tools. And it's our newest thing. We launched, um, it was actually not 2009. It was actually 2000, late, late, late of last year, 2008. And, and basically... Then through and then relaunched in like March first of two thousand nine, and Shoe Money Tools. It's tools.shoemoney.com, and basically we opened up our suite of because we we kept coming across all these tools that suck and charge like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. And I was like, you know, all of our in-house tools like are better than all these tools, and we have them all. So why don't we just? do that. So I'm happy to say that like as of I think yesterday we had our 1000 subscriber. We haven't really made a big marketing push uh yet and you know we're just we're just getting started and it's working for us. So it's it's 100 bucks a month. Um it's got a forum and all that and again it's a service that I think is badly needed. So that's where we're at now. That right. was the long history of shoe money. <laughs> I have to say, Jeremy, you're an easy interview. I just have to ask one question and we just go from there. So. I told you. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I was going to ask then, uh, right now, today, you're obviously running Shoe Money Tools, but the fact that you have those tools must mean you're still doing a lot of pay-per-click and affiliate marketing. Is that true? Yeah, we, we play around a lot. You know, we the thing with affiliate marketing is you never really find something that lasts very long. So we experiment all the time. And yeah, I mean, we do it every day. You know, I, I it's like my hobby more than anything else. You know, during the day, I'm especially lately, I've been doing a lot of biz dev stuff with Shoe Money Tools, working with affiliate networks and and, you know, just a lot of networking and promoting and stuff like that. And then like kind of when I go home and after I get my kids and wife to bed and stuff like that, 
then I play with pay-per-click and build. I mean, because that, it, it, again, I mean, I am so passionate about that. I love doing it. It's my hobby and it's what I do for fun. I mean, I love being able to throw up a site using like Unique Blog Design's affiliate theme, have a site up and running in less than 15 minutes and generating revenue like off of Facebook, you know, turning 30 cent clicks into dollar leads. You know, I mean, I love that. I just love that when it works. And even when it fails, it's such a challenge to me to get it working and just tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. And again, you have all the data you need. You know, you just test and tweak and test and tweak. And it's, it's, just, it's just a blast for me to do it. And so these tools that we build, I mean, are tools I use. They're tools, you know, that um, – and, and, you know, it's just, it's just something that, again, it's like an immortal angelic thing. And I'm just so confident about them because I just know that, you know, they are the best. And if they're not the best and somebody tells me why, we fix it. And if somebody says, hey, you don't have this tool that does this, well, three days after that, we do because everyone who works for me is a programmer. And, you know, that's what we do. So, I don't know. You know, I think it's just a continuing thing with us over and over. Just like we're super into this. And, I mean, the lessons we've learned with, um, with NextPimp, we should have sold that a long time ago. Um, and now it's to the point where there's so much issues in that field that nobody wants to take it on. I couldn't even sell that site for probably half a year's revenue if I wanted to. Which is amazing, but you know it's just like you know it, it's a declining industry, but i'm I'm really glad that the things that we are passionate about and we still just can't kind of pursue those and you know even in this economy, I mean people are telling me like your business was going down and you decided to launch a new company and in this economy, you know where everything's going to crap, and I was like, you know it doesn't matter what economy it is. Something that re- gives a positive return on investment will always succeed. And and that's what we've always done is try to make needed services that people need. And I mean, it's just an absolute recipe for success every time. And it's not rocket science. You know, it's just you're passionate about it. You see an angle that you don't think people are doing it right. Then build the service yourself. And are you still pretty much a two-man show then? You guys working from your homes or – I have two more employees now. So um, I have my mother-in-law is no longer with me, but I do have a full-time I, – I, I kind of joke around and call him the CEO because I'm a horrible CEO. I'm an absolute horrible at running a company. I mean, I, I, you know, you're supposed to be good at focusing on the bottom line and all this stuff. I'm not. I just, I just try to make it as much money as possible and you know, everything will fall into place. But that's not how you run a company. So I hired a guy um, to basically run day-to-day operations. His name is Ty. He does an incredible job. Then I also hired a young lady to do all of our copywriting and customer service. And her name is Brianna. So that's the team. Is, is Now David is actually part owner of the company. Um, he invested. I gave him an opportunity to – because you know he basically went from – and that was an actual – a pretty cool process as well. He went from working for $10 an hour to more to becoming a salaried employee and then a salaried employee with a percentage of profits. And then, you know, actually being able to, when we sold auction ads, I said, okay, you know, I want you to stay with me for the long haul. And if you're in it, then I want you to invest and buy a decent portion of this company. So he did, you know, and so now he's co-owner of the entire empire that we built. Because he's been in it with me since the beginning, pretty much. Mm. So, 
It's like the silent partner you never hear about. Yeah, you know, I really, yeah, he do, he's not the loudmouth that I am. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's, he's such a smart kid. He speaks like four languages fluently, Whoa. you know, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's in, in can program, you know, like nobody I've ever seen, but, but it's not, you know, programmers are a dime a dozen, you know, just being honest. I mean, programmers, graphics people, dime a dozen marketers, dime a dozen, but it's the one that the ones that really see the angles and are in it for the long haul that there's a, such a huge value to most people. As soon as they hit the dip, they're done, you know, and if, I don't know if it's because they don't have passion or what, but so, you know, finding people for me has been a, a huge chore and I've gone through probably 50 people to find the team I have. All right, Jeremy, uh, let's, let's wrap it up. I, I do have one question that would probably be relevant for the, the listeners more than anything else. And, you know, thank you for telling your story. It's, it's really interesting. We haven't even touched upon the other aspect of your life there, which was the, the other interesting aspect was the, um, the weight surgery and so forth. Yeah. There's another story yeah. there. Um, that's not really internet marketing related. So maybe we'll, we'll leave it off and people can go find out about that on your blog. But well, if you, if you want, I can just briefly go touch for on it. it. Go for it. Why not? We got Basically, time. Basically, when I, when I met my wife in Des Moines, Iowa, and I was pretty much comfortable before I met her with the fact that I was going to be single for the rest of my life. I really, I was just, I was probably going to die before I was 30. I was 420 pounds, smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and was like 50 grand in debt. So I was, I was a real catch for the ladies. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I met this young lady who was going through medical school and doing all this stuff and going on to this great career. And it really kind of showed me like, if I want something out of life, I need to get my crap together. So I decided to have weight loss surgery and, you know, kick smoking and get my finances in order. And it was, it was really a life pivoting, altering moment. So, it, and it's really, you know, continued. My wife was really the pivoting moment for me. Good, good motivation there. All right. Yeah. Um, for like a lot of your story hinges on past successes, especially when it comes to capital. Uh, you know, most people don't have the capital. Uh, and if you went back to right at the beginning, your sort of first stories there of, of success were almost falling into it. You know, having a passionate subject which you developed a website for, which just happened to get a ton of traffic. Obviously, you know, you put some work in to make that traffic appear, but you really didn't, uh, you know, go into it expecting it to be what you are today, obviously. So I'm sure you've been asked this a lot of times, but for those listeners who are at the beginning of this uh, this curve who come into this with no capital and you know they're there so many times I meet people like this too they, they really they start to get a feel for how the internet works they know kind of what pay-per-click is they kind of know what search engine optimization is they, they get affiliate marketing um, they get blogging they understand they could sell their own product but all of this is sort of overwhelming and they don't know which direction to run with first and you know where's right. the best way to get there their cash flow started so they can start building on that. What, what do you suggest to those people? You know, the one thing you can't teach a person is confidence in themselves. And so, you know, that's really the bottom line is, I mean, I'm a very, very confident person. And I think that kind of, I, the, every person I've met in this industry who's been successful kind of has the exact same traits. I mean, they're, they're not going to quit. They're extremely confident in what they do, and they're extremely passionate. And so anyone out there, if I met them and they, they know what they're talking about, my question for them is like, why don't you have more confidence in yourself? 
to do what you want to do. I mean, I, and, and maybe confidence comes over time, but I mean, for me, I just kind of, I just kind of always had it. I mean, even as a, well, I mean, not so much when I used to be really overweight. That was kind of changed when I met my wife and, and I started to develop a lot of confidence. And I, and I got to say, it was probably her that gave me confidence. So I don't want to act like it was all me and I have everything figured out. I mean, because I didn't. I thought my life was going to end before I was 30, before I met my wife. So people out there, there's something holding you back. For me, I lacked the confidence to go for it. I want. I had to work for somebody else because I needed that security. When I met my wife and she was going through medical school, even though we were racking up debt and I was, I had like 50 grand in credit card debt, she had confidence in me to start my own stuff or just was like, you're doing pretty good with that. Why don't you continue with that? You know, and blah, blah, blah. And so for me, that's what I needed to go forward. And a lot of people, I think they need to find that, that inner confidence to really, to really go for it. Because if you're passionate about what you do and you know what you're doing, you really have no excuse. I mean, capital really isn't an excuse. I mean, I was massively in debt when, you know, I've, I fell into these things and I was, you know, it was just because my passion and my ability not to quit that I found it. I mean, if you look at almost anyone successful, they failed, they've been in debt. They've, you know, I mean like that's everyone's story. Um, and, and it's, and it, they don't stop, they don't quit. And that's the thing that you find with everyone is true is, is they don't give up. And right now, I mean, there's no excuses for anyone. I mean, you can start, it's much easier for somebody to do what I did now. I mean, it's, it's for me, Jeremy Shoemaker to do anything. If I want to do anything affiliate related, it's watched like a hawk. Every time I register a new domain, I get emails. What are you doing with this? What are you doing with this domain? You know, I saw this, this wasn't, people have all these alerts set up to alert them when I read, I mean, it's insane for me to do something. Nothing goes off the radar. So I can do these things and make money. I don't understand why people can't. I mean, you know, they might lack experience, but, you know, there's all these ways to get free traffic still that I do. You know, like, there's just, there's so many things. I mean, there's never, I've never met anyone with a legitimate excuse. And I've, at all these conferences, I get this question all the time. And people are like, well, you say that now because you have a blog and you can launch whatever. I'm like, really? Because, you know, here's all the negatives that come with that. And... And then people are like, wow, you know, I mean, that's, I get it now. So, I mean, so for those out there that want to start, you know, and if you really get it and you really truly believe in something and you're passionate about it, especially now with venture capital out there, I mean, if you're really truly passionate about it, pitch it to somebody, pitch it to me, you know, email me with your idea. I mean, we've funded various things and we're not, so we don't have a very good track record with that, but I mean, I wouldn't say it's a total <laughs> loss, you know, but I mean, we're always open to new ideas. Um, what's the thing I love about the TechCrunch conference that I go to is that, you know, there's, they have these 50, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they have 50 startups that pitch on stage, but I don't go to those. I go to the ones in the demo pit where they have hundreds of these ones who have these awesome sites who are bagging groceries by day. And these guys, I love them. And, you know, sometimes we've acquired technology or assets of those people. And, I mean, you just see these people. There's people every day with awesome ideas. And, I mean, you just just reach out to somebody. Just make a connection. I mean, there's just don't give up on it. If you really are passionate about what you're doing, don't quit. (laughs) Right on. Awesome. Uh, Well, that's pretty much it, Jeremy. We didn't talk much about your blog, but I think um, that's a subject we we both – covered significantly before so i think that was just it's a nice point to end on there so i'm not going to continue this and we've, we've gone for a good chunk of time so 
one uh, shout out to what web address would you like to direct people to? I'm thinking shoemoney.com, best place to go if they by any chance don't know who you are. Yeah, sure. I mean, like the one thing I'm not good at is like self-promotion as crazy as that sounds. Try it. Like, so I always sound weird, but yeah. So if you want to do shoe money tools, sign up. It's tools.shoemoney.com. Um, Elite Retreat is my conference that I have once a year. And then Shoe Money, the blog, you can just keep up on everything at shoemoney.com. So. And I, I mentioned to Nate that you should bring Elite Retreat down to Australia. Is that going to happen anytime soon? You know, we've had, we've, it's funny that you mentioned that. We actually have had um, a venture capital firm in Australia, um, an advertising company, and another company ask us to, and we've got four people who have been to the Elite Retreat, one of them who's been to every one we've ever had. He's made it the trip. Uh, so everything's in place. We've had all these people like actually basically say, hey, we'll back it so you won't lose money. You know, that's the, the only risky thing. So, um, I don't know. I mean, we, we could have it. We've talked about having more events and changing it and mixing it. And we'll just have to look into it and see if it makes sense. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that. Have you been down here? I never have. And I've always wanted to travel that way. It's a nice place. Far away, but it's a nice place. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get down there? <laughs> Born here. Okay. Born okay. and raised. Uh, but maybe we can save my story for the other the other interview. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I would, yeah, I, I would love to hear your story. So you got to come on my radio show. Yeah, definitely, love to. All right, that's fantastic, Jeremy. Thank you for joining me, and uh, I think everyone got a lot out of the call. That was really good stuff. All right, well, thanks for having me.